0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. I'm always, I always feel like if nobody else is going to respond, Chris Caper is going to let me know somebody's alive in church. Hey, it's great to have you here tonight to kick off Easter weekend. Um, I believe God's going to do some really great things tonight. Some amazing things. Um, As I was praying coming into this season, I just said, Lord, what's the most important thing? And I'll just be honest with you as a pastor, um, I used to dread Easter (laughs) because I felt like I had to try to live up to everybody's expectations of what an Easter weekend was supposed to be. And uh, I was going through COVID where that really changed and just began to pray. And God just began to say, you know what? Do what you do every weekend. Listen to my voice and be obedient. And it's really set me free. Um, And I know tonight you might come with expectations, and we are going to look at the the death of Christ. Um, But both tonight and Sunday uh, are messages that are unique, and they're a little different. And tonight we're going to spend, as we go through the evening, we have three sections. So we want to focus on three things tonight one is repentance. Um, second one is restoration, and we're going to do communion during that time. Michael lead us in that. And then I'll share uh, in the third segment, because we're going to talk about future hope. And I'm going to talk about a message I've never heard anybody preach on. What do we do on Saturday? The time in between the greatest defeat and our coming victory in Christ. When we get the wind knocked out of us on Friday, what do we do on Saturday until we see Jesus' plan to bring about whatever it is that God wants to do in your life to fruition. And so that's what tonight is all about. I'm excited that you're here. I know some of you might feel like you have to be out of the splash zone tonight. Uh, I don't know what's going on over here. Uh, they thought they were, came to SeaWorld and that we were, gonna, they were afraid. The Spirit can reach you back there uh, just to let you know. But if you want to move up, you can. Um, and then tonight we will end with praying for, for people here Um, because I know that there is some pain in this room, and I know there are some family members of people that are here that are really going through it, and I believe tonight is the beginning of seeing amazing breakthrough in that situation. Do you believe that? If you don't now, you will after I get done preaching tonight. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you to be able to gather together as, as a body tonight, as family. Lord, as we spend time in worship, and watching a couple videos, spending time in communion. Lord, hearing your word preached, but most of all, connecting with you. Lord, you've come tonight to speak to your people. You've come tonight to unleash and loosen your Holy Spirit among your people. God, I believe that faith is going to rise in this room as the evening goes on. And by the end of tonight, our faith is going to rise to a level where we are going to proclaim some victories that are coming in our life. Lord, you are amazing, and what you do is incredible. You endured so much so that, God, we might know what freedom is. You endured so much that we might be able to know you and that there would be nothing between us and you. Lord, we give you praise glory and honor tonight Lord as we focus in on repentance
1: you all on this Good Friday as we remember Jesus when he died for us to save us. In this song, Above All, in the first half, in the verse, we sing about the greatness of God. I wanted to read this for you. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, You were here before the world began. Above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth. That's who Jesus is. Yet, on this day that we're celebrating, we sing the second half of this song. That that God who was above all, was crucified, laid behind a stone, and lived to die, rejected and alone. Like a rose, he was trampled on the ground, and he took the fall and thought of us above all. Him who is above all thought of us above all.
2: To fight, laid behind the stone. You lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose, trampled on the ground. You took the fall and thought of me. And all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man, who were here before the world began, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders, the world. Ever know above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you Crucified, laid behind the stone, you live to die rejected and alone like a rose trampled on the ground you took your fall and thought of me Rejected and alone, like a rose, you trampled on the ground, you took the fall, and thought of me, above all, like a rose, like a rose, you trampled on the ground. Took the fall and thought of me.
3: The
0: check check there we go we're gonna take a moment of self-reflection tonight just to be able to clear our hearts and our minds you just would close your eyes no one's around you not your spouse not anybody else we're just standing here before god we think of all the great men and women who stood in moments in time where their nation was in upheaval their communities turned upside down their families going through incredible struggles These men and women stood before an almighty God. In pretty much every case, it's the same thing. When God's people get before God, they're absolutely amazed by his awesomeness and holiness. And Tonight, there is nothing that you and I can do to clean ourselves up for an awesome, righteous, holy God. But there is something that He did. He's the one who washes us clean. Several weeks ago, we talked about repentance in church and a form of confession and repentance. Is really, we come to a point where we tell God really where we're at, the truth of our, our, our reality, our perspective, really. Lord, this is this is where I'm at. I'm broken. I'm crushed. I'm going through this. I'm struggling. I'm losing my temper. I'm I'm failing in my relationship with my spouse. I'm I'm dealing with some really tough things right now. Emotionally, I'm all over the place, whatever it might be. Maybe you just haven't been able to hold your tongue and you've said some things that have been really hurtful to people, and maybe you've just blown it off and not thought much about it, but. Tonight, before we go any further, let's just begin to confess our perspective to God. But we just confess that we're broken people. There's a lot of junk in our life. There's a lot of things where we mess up and fall short. lot of places where we let our own mind or imagination or even the the enemy sometimes to whisper in our ear and really messes with us. Where we're sorry for the things that we've said to people that have not been something uplifting, encouraging, moving in the right direction. Where we're sorry for our attitudes, our mindsets. We're sorry for the times where we've really blown it. The Lord, repentance is where after we confess, we listen to what you say and we hold on to it. Lord, you call us your children and you call us to turn away from the things that take us away from you, that tear us down and to cling to you. So tonight, wherever we've blown it, whatever we've done, whatever we haven't done, maybe we've been disobedient to you, maybe we've allowed some things in our life that are pulling us away. Maybe we've made every single excuse we can, like Moses, of why we can't do what you've asked us to do. Tonight, Lord, we just lay those things down. We are just your people broken people, loved by a merciful, all-powerful God. Lord, we repent from our sins. And Lord, we turn to you on this Good Friday. Lord, would you come in and renew us? Would you change us? Would you transform us?
1: Why is Good Friday good? Good Friday is good because the price we couldn't pay got paid and the stain we couldn't clean got clean. Good Friday is good because the world was without hope, but the lamb was without blemish. Good Friday is good because the worst thing that could ever happen was simultaneously the best thing that would ever happen. Good Friday is good because on that cross, on that day, the great shepherd of the sheep walked through the valley of the shadow of death for us. Good Friday is good because even though the cross isn't pretty, it's beautiful. Good Friday is good because if we have a king who would rather die for his enemies than kill them. Good Friday is good because I am not good, but he is. Good Friday is good, because Friday is not the end of the story.
2: Someday Yo
1: celebrating what Jesus did for us on that cross.
2: What can wash away my sin?
3: you don't miss jackie was handing those out they are available i'd like to touch on three things tonight as we prepare to take communion also called the last supper the lord's table but there was something that happened on the jewish calendar this week on wednesday the passover do you realize that that's what the disciples were doing with jesus on the night that he was betrayed They were taking the Passover, celebrated now for over 3,000 years, first with Moses in Exodus 12 through 14, when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt by an outstretched hand, by a mighty arm, an outstretched hand. And now we come to Jesus and his last time together with the disciples. I'd like to talk about connection. We are connected with God as we take communion. We are connected with God the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We are connected with each other as we partake. The Bible teaches that we are one body, one family. We are connected with our past, with the people of God, which one day God says the Jew and the Gentile will all be together. So we have fellowship with God and with each other. I'd like to take, as Pastor mentioned, reflection. Do you remember Jesus said that they they took the meal together? And then Jesus dropped a bomb. He said, one of you will betray me. And they all began to ask, Lord, is it I? And we've taken that time for reflection tonight. Peter said, Lord, even though all deny you, I will die for you. Jesus replied, truly, Peter, will you die for me? I tell you that tonight, before or at that time, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter did draw the sword and cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. But Jesus healed him and said, put away your sword. But then Peter did deny him. So we ask, Lord, is it I? And we've went through a time of confession and repentance, which is important. Number three, pastor talked about restoration, and I look at it as redemption, what Christ has done for us, remembering what Jesus has done for you, each of us personally. And if you don't know Christ yet, now is the time, because this is to be celebrated by by followers of Christ and people of all christian churches this is something that we have in common different workings different interpretations but all true christian churches take of communion to commemorate the body and the blood of christ and jesus said do this as often as you come together and do it until i come we are looking forward to the coming of our savior amen and jesus said i will not drink this cup again with you until i drink it anew in my father's kingdom some point to the marriage supper of the lamb as a time that we will sit down in heaven and have communion at least one more time maybe through all eternity so prepare your elements and if you can peel back that top layer Let's find the bread. And those of you that know about Passover know that it, the Passover happens during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This represents unleavened bread, no yeast, which yeast represented sin, the unleavened bread. It was, it's called the matzah. And Jesus took the bread, and he gave thanks. So let's give thanks. Each of us give thanks. Lord, we give thanks to you for this bread which represents the body. And the Bible says not a bone was broken like the thieves on the cross who the soldiers came and broke their legs to finish them off. Jesus did not have his legs broken, but he was broken, bruised, battered, and bloodied for us. So Lord, we thank you for this bread representing your body. And Jesus took it and he broke it. So if you would break that bread and partake of it now. And if you could uh, begin to peel back that wrapper to expose the cup of the Lord the wine, the grape juice. And again, Jesus took the cup. But this was a whole new dimension in the Passover because now Jesus was representing himself as the Lamb of God. John the Baptist had already identified him in John 1.29. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He identified Jesus as the Passover lamb and now Jesus is identifying himself as the Passover lamb later Paul would say for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed 1st Corinthians 5 7 so again it says he took the cup and he gave thanks so just take the time to thank God for the precious blood of Christ which this Represents. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood. It was truly the only thing that could take away our sins, Lord. Up to that point, it was the blood of animals, which the Bible says could never truly take away the sin. It was a temporary measure until the Son of God came to offer himself. So we have given thanks. Let us partake of the representative fruit of the vine, the grape, the blood of Christ. And Kathy, in uh, one of the versions, it says, and after the supper, they went out and sung a hymn. And I had a chorus come across my mind today. It's uh, thank you, Lord. And the words go, if you don't know this, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Jesus paid the price for our healing too, amen? Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and free. Many of you know that. Kathy, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord.
0: Lord, once again, I ask you that you would unleash your spirit through your servant to deliver your word and that you would unleash your Holy Spirit upon us tonight and that, Lord, that you might give us hope in the midst of the things that we are walking through. We give you praise, glory, and honor. God's people said on your bulletin Uh, on the back side of it. I have printed out a timeline, to the best of my ability, putting together a timeline leading up to the death of Jesus. I'm going to walk you through that and then share with you just a few thoughts. So let's pick up with the the events that preceded the death of Jesus. I'm not going to make all the references to all these scriptures tonight for, for time, but all of the references are there for you. We see that in all four Gospels, The Last Supper took place, and all four make mention of it. Three of the four mention what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then we see Jesus is betrayed and arrested. The religious leaders condemn Jesus. Good Friday events. Before the religious leaders could put Jesus to death, they needed Rome to approve of their death sentence, Jesus was taken to Pontius Pilate, who found no reason to charge him. Pilate and Jesus sent was uh, Pilate had sent Jesus to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at the time. Jesus refused to answer Herod's question, so Herod sent him back to Pilate. And although Pilate found Jesus innocent, he feared the crowds and sentenced him to death. Jesus was beaten, mocked, stripped, naked. And given a crown of thorns, he was made to carry his own cross and led away to Calvary. Approximately at 6 a.m., Jesus stands trial before Pilate and then is sent to Herod. Somewhere in the following hour at 7 a.m., Jesus returned to Pilate and Jesus was sentenced to death. At 8 a.m., Jesus is led away to Calvary. The crucifixion. Soldiers drove stakes, stake-like nails, through Jesus' wrists and ankles, fixing him to the cross. And by the way, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to that cross. It was his love for you. An inscription was placed over his head that read, The King of the Jews. Jesus hung on the cross for approximately six hours until he took his final breath. While he was on the cross, soldiers cast lots for Jesus' clothing. Onlookers shouted insults and jeered. Two criminals were crucified at the same time. At one point, Jesus spoke to Mary and John. After, the darkness covered the land. As Jesus gave up his spirit, an earthquake shook the ground and caused the temple curtain to rip in half from top to bottom. 9 a.m., the third hour. Jesus is crucified. In Mark 15, 25, it says, It was the third hour when they crucified him. And the third hour would have been 9 a.m. Jesus speaks and says, Father, forgive them. The soldiers cast lots for Jesus' clothes. 10 a.m. Jesus is insulted and mocked. Matthew 27, 39 through 40. And the people passing by shouted, abu- uh, shouted abuses shaking their heads in mockery so you can destroy the temple and build it again in 3 days can you well then if you are the son of god save yourself and come down from that cross mark 15:31 says the leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked jesus he saves others they scoffed but he can't save himself in luke chapter 23 it says the soldiers mocked him too by offering him a drink of sour wine they called out to him, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Luke 23, 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself. But Jesus didn't come to save himself, Jesus came to save us. 11 a.m. Jesus and the criminal in Luke chapter 23. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus then speaks to Mary and John. Noon, the sixth hour. Darkness covers the land. At 1 p.m., Jesus cries out to his Father. Matthew chapter 27. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus is thirsty. 2 p.m., it's finished. Jesus speaks the words, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit your spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. 3 p.m., the ninth hour. These events took place sometime after 3 p.m. The earthquake and the temple veil was torn in two in Matthew chapter 27. The centurion, uh, surely he was the son of God. We see references to that in 3 Uh, of the four Gospels. The soldiers break the thieves' legs in John 19. The soldier pierces Jesus' side in John 19. And Jesus is laid in a tomb, Matthew 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, and John 19. Those are all the events that took place on Friday. And we know that come Sunday morning, Jesus is raised from the dead. And we will celebrate that on Sunday morning as he shows up for Mary and then decides he's going to go for a run right after that, seven miles away. We'll get into that on Sunday morning. So we know what happens on Friday and we know what happens on Sunday. But what about in between? What about Saturday? Well, from Jesus' perspective, he was Beaten down, death from one side of eternity to the other. But what about for the disciples that had followed him? What was Saturday like for them? What do we do when we're in the Saturday? How do we go from Friday when we've experienced tragedy, heartache, abuse, trauma, darkness? All these different things, heartbreak. How do we go from that to the point of victory? What do we do in between? What are we we supposed to do? Here's what I know. When we're in a Saturday in our life, when we're in the in-between place, God is still at work. God has a plan. God's up to something. Just look at Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope, but it doesn't feel like that when you're living in Saturday. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be consistent in prayer or constant in prayer. I want to talk to you just for a few moments about living through saturday to get to your day of victory and breakthrough think about this for a moment jesus dies on friday and not one single person on the face of the planet believed he would raise again on sunday not one but jesus did it anyway He didn't need one person to believe for him to walk through and be faithful to the plan that he had. But let me ask you this. What happens when God's people do believe that the victory is on the horizon for them? How much more so will God do great and mighty things when his people believe he will bring the victory? Four things really quickly. We're not going to take very long just to talk about what we do on Saturday. What do you do on Saturday when you're living in Saturday? Number one, breathe. You're human. Surprise! (laughs) None of us here are superhuman. We don't run around with a big S on our chest. And as great a pastor as I am, I don't have a shirt that says a giant P that makes me superhuman. All right? I'm just like you, we're just people. And listen, we've got to go through a season of mourning when we have tragedy in our life. That's biblical. That's scriptural. you got to breathe. you got to take a moment to walk through. you got to take a moment to rest. you got to take a moment to catch your breath. When I was in junior high, uh, we lived in an Air Force base in, in Dias, Texas and we were playing football in the backyards. We did it all the time. It was just kind of what the neighborhood kids did. We played football all the time, all the time. And the one time we're playing in the backyard, so we're playing in the grass, and and I think I only ever did this once or twice, but I laid out for a catch, like the whole thing. Like, I wish we would have had video of it because it was a beautiful thing. I had it out there, had it in my hands, fully extended, laid out, Superman flying through the air, and then smack! I hit one of those green electrical things that come out of the ground, the box, and I hung on the middle of that thing because it nailed me right in the gut. And my friends had to peel me off of that thing. You ever had the wind knocked out of you, and it's like you're screeching like you're because of the air, you're trying to get air in your lungs? That's the worst feeling in the world. You feel like you're dying because you can't get air into those lungs. I'm telling you, the first thing that we need to do on Saturday is breathe. It's okay to be emotional for a while. But then there will come a time where we got to put our emotion in check. And we got to move to the next thing that God has us to do on Saturday. And it takes time. Different things take different seasons. I'm not saying that it's just one day. Sometimes you got to walk through a season of mourning. you got to walk through a season of breathing. you got to walk through a season of rest. But then there's going to come a time to move to the next thing. The next thing that we need to remember to do on Saturdays is serve. When we're going through a season, that in-between season, from, from trauma before the victory, is serve. Because we need to get out of our own mind. We've got to get out of our own, own life. Have you ever been there? Stuck in your own, your own thing. Your mind gets going and you just can't get out of it. And so you make yourself the center of the world. You make this tragedy the center of your life. All of your planets spin around that like the sun. It's just that's the focus of your life. And you know what serving does? It breaks that. It puts you in a different place and it puts something else as your focus. It gives your hands and your mind something to do. So serve. When you're walking through Saturday, serve. Get out of your own mind, get out of your own world. Do something productive. Serve. In between Friday and Sunday. Number 3. The third thing we do is we live. We're called to live in Christ. And that's a hard thing to do when we feel like we've gotten gone through trauma, abuses, loss. We're called to live we still need to live we still need to fellowship i love peter cuz after jesus shows back up and he's still confused and he still doesn't know and he still doesn't know if his victory's coming or not because he failed christ what's he do he turns to turns to the guys and says i'm going fishing i'm going fishing what do they say we're going to go with you <laughs> let's go have some fellowship on the water live life with some people Because sometimes what we do is we say, oh, I'll go to church or I'll go to my Bible study. And that's the only life we live because we're like, oh, I'm so focused on this. You got to do some life with some people. Go do something fun. Can I tell you something? It's okay to have some joy in your life when you're walking through a time of sorrow. The joy of the Lord is our, yeah, you know what else is okay? It's okay to laugh. Sometimes you just need to have the tension broke, and somebody will say something. When you, so you're hanging out with somebody, somebody will say the stupidest dad joke you ever heard, and you can't stop laughing. You ever had that? I was at a youth retreat one time. This girl said something to me just out of the blue. It's late at night. It's eleven o'clock. We're all hanging out downstairs. I couldn't stop laughing for forty-five minutes. It was the dumbest joke I had ever heard. But I started laughing. I couldn't stop. And you know what? It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have joy in the moments and seasons of sorrow. God wants you to laugh. God wants you to connect. God wants you to have fellowship. Live. Go do something fun. Connect with people who love you. Because you know what the enemy wants you to do? He wants to isolate you. Don't have relationships. Don't say anything. You've got to focus on this horrible thing that's happened in your life. No. Put it in its place. But then there's the final one we pray. Because we know, we have this incredible knowledge the disciples didn't have. They didn't know Jesus was going to come and, and, and raise from the dead on Saturday. Mary didn't know when she went to the tomb that he wasn't going to be in there. They didn't know that, but we know that. So when we look at the situations where it looks like death wins, when we look at the situation where it looks like loss wins, we look at the situation where it looks like abuse wins, when it looks like the enemy is kicking our can all over the place, we know Jesus isn't done. Because we have this perspective of God's word and his promises. Amen. So you know what we do? We pray. And we keep praying until Sunday. Now listen, I'm not telling you you come to the altar and you stay here until you know six months from now and you've starved here at the altar. I'm not saying that. But you pray every day. You put that thing in its place by praying. You put your emotions in place by praying. You put your grief in its place by praying. There's a place for all these things. But it's not on the throne where Jesus sits. He's a jealous God, and there's not room for two on his throne. God has victory for you. It's just not here yet. Church, I'm going to tell you a truth that a lot of people, a lot of Pentecostal preachers don't tell you. Not everything is instant, and it's a good thing it's not, because if our Christian life was like instant potatoes and instant oatmeal, how horrible that would be. But our God is cooking something that takes a little bit of time, and when it comes out of the oven, it is going to be done right. When it comes off the grill, it's done right. That's what Jesus is cooking. That's what the rock is cooking, all right? Okay, so no WWE fans, that's okay. God's doing something awesome. We just can't see it yet. We're at, but what we should have is an attitude that sits at the table with the plate, the fork, and the knife ready for the steak to come off the grill because Jesus is cooking it. God is at work. Here's what I'd like to do tonight. We're going to have an altar call. And we are going to believe for breakthrough. I know there are people in this room tonight whose hearts are broken. You've experienced loss. And it's been tough. I know there are people in this room who you have loved ones who are going through the ringer. You've got kids, grandkids, nieces and nephews going through all sorts of things. Some of you have come and talked to me about you've got kids or grandkids that are caught up in the the whole thing about gender transition and everything else, and your heart is breaking. God's not done. God's not done. I don't know how he's going to make it all pan out for the most part. I don't have no clue, but I know this God is coming, and Sunday morning's on the horizon. And he loves your kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews far more than we do. So can we pray in the gap and believe for breakthrough? I was on the phone with somebody this afternoon whose brother has gotten wound up in this spiritual, crazy, occultic garbage. But God isn't done. Jesus is not done. And you know what? The devil likes to do like that peacock thing. He loves to show his feathers and go, look at all the power I've got. You should be scared and bow down. And he's got fear wrapped up. But it's nothing compared to the power of the almighty Jesus when he walks in the room. Because demons have to run. They can't be in the presence of Jesus. Jesus sets people free. Tonight, I'm going to ask you to do this. Kathy, could you just play a little something on the piano? We're not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to share your story tonight. But you need a breakthrough in your life. You're living through Saturday for yourself, and you're going through something. You've got a family member that's going through something. They need a breakthrough. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a friend, maybe your coworker has found out they're diagnosed with cancer. I believe Jesus still heals people. Maybe you got a diagnosis this last week. I believe Jesus still heals people. So would you just come if you need a breakthrough? If you're going through Saturday or someone you know is going through a Saturday and you want to see breakthrough happen, would you just come and stand along the front here tonight so that we can pray with each other? Let's move. Don't be embarrassed. This is a place Jesus does great things. Elda, come here. I have her permission to share this, so that's the only reason. Elda's the one that called me this afternoon about her brother. But Jesus is not done working. Church, would you come up? Because we're about to lay hands. We're about to believe that the Holy Spirit's about to move in this place. What he starts today, I'm telling you, we are on the road to Sunday, church. We are on the road to victory for your life, victory for your loved ones. We're not going to do it. Jesus is going to do it. Lord, there was a man in the Bible that we read about named Elijah. Lord, the enemies had come. The culture had turned against you. But a man stood at a mountaintop and in front of the whole world, in front of the enemies of God, in front of the prophets of Baal, they had a showdown. And the prophets went first and they slashed themselves and it was demonic and all these things. But there were no results in it. It was all a show. But then Elijah said, pour water on that altar. Pour water over that wood because it's not going to be any mistake. No man can do what God's about to do. And Elijah stood on that mountaintop and he prayed to the Almighty God and you sent fire down to that altar. And Lord, it consumed the wood. It consumed the sacrifice. It lapped up the water and it melted the rocks. No one compares to our King. Jesus, I believe you break through for people. God, we pray, Lord, for right now for Elder's brother. And Lord, these demons that have a hold of his life. God, I pray that you would tear them off. You would set him free in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for these crazy men that have been chasing him and Elda's family. I pray in the name of Jesus, you would wipe them from their memory in the name of Jesus right now. No more will the enemy threaten this family because the king will intervene. God, I believe it in Jesus' name. God, I pray tonight, Lord, for those loved ones here tonight. Lord, the, the relatives that we have in this, in the, that, that, that we have, our kids, grandkids, nieces, all these different people that, Lord, have gotten caught up and the enemy has lied to them about their sexuality, has lied about their identity. That God, you are not done working. The world thinks they got it all figured out. But the King is coming, and the King is moving, and the King will set people free. God, I pray for these children that are dealing with this right now, that, God, you would begin to give them a new identity, not in their sexuality, but their identity in Christ. That, Jesus, they would hear the gospel, they would dream dreams, they would have visions, that, Lord, you would set your angels upon them, and that, Lord, you would turn them around. God, you can set them free. God, I pray tonight, Lord, for people in our church that have got a medical diagnosis recently, some that are getting ready to be tested for cancer and other things. God, I believe there are testimonies about to be unleashed on our community because, God, you're about to do something great and incredible. When the enemy brings bad news, that's okay because Jesus has not finished the story. We're not at the end of the book yet. We're only in the middle. Lord, I pray that, Lord, cancer cells would begin to change at a molecular level in people's lives. And where they once was cancer, there would be healthy, productive flesh in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody who's dealing with their eye tonight that, Lord, you would heal it in the name of Jesus. I pray for somebody's lungs who are are having issues, they're having trouble breathing, would be opened in the name of Jesus. God, I pray tonight for those who have experienced loss in our church. A spouse, a child. Lord, you're not done with their life. When we lose the love of our lives, Lord, it is so difficult When we lose our partner in life, it is difficult. But you are not done. Betty Garrett has the best seat in the house tonight for service. And God has great things still in front of you. church, I want you to know Jesus loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. He is building a mansion for you. But the work of the church is not done. The world will turn upside down. They will try to fix things and mess things up way worse than we ever thought possible. But the church will rise in the midst of darkness and confusion We need not worry. All we need to do is hold on to the King and be obedient. I believe the greatest days of our church lie ahead of us. I believe the summer of miracles is about to come. We're coming out of winter and we're headed into summer and new things are about to sprout up all over our community and throughout our church. Just like the seasons of a year, I believe we're going to see a seasonal shift in our church And starting this summer, I believe we're going to see miracles begin to happen. There are people to be reached in our community. There are kids that need to be loved on in our community. Chris Kafer, where are you at? He's somewhere. There he is. He's hiding behind his wife. Chris, can you come up here? Outside of our children's pastor, I don't know anybody else who loves kids more than this guy. We have a future hope in this community. His name is Jesus. And tomorrow we're going to love on people in this community and surrounding communities that come out to this place. And they might think they're just coming for candy, but you know what? They are going to come and they're going to have a relationship with people who genuinely love them. They're going to come and hear a message of Jesus the real reason for the season, right? They're going to hear that. They're going to get an invitation to church. They're going to get an invitation to our kids' ministry. Chris Kafer, would you pray, Lord, for what the Lord wants to do tomorrow through this church as we love on our community?
4: Heavenly Father, what an awesome opportunity to come before you. and Lord, the preparation... Um, For these kids and those that will be bringing these kids, thinking they're coming for candy, but there's something so much sweeter, Father. We pray for their lives. We know that um, our children and our children's children, Father, that it's our our job, it's our obligation as disciples um, to love on them, to tell them the truth, to share the truth, to share the love. I'm sure there'll be a lot of eyes wondering, 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 what's this all about. Heavenly Father, um, may this Saturday, may this Saturday be more than just finding eggs and candy, but that they would seek you, Father. Yes, Lord. Just a desire, just something, a pull. Mm -hmm. And it... It gives us great joy, Father, to be your servants, to serve you, to love on these kids. We pray that you'd give them, truly give them ears to hear and then just know that they'd feel hope and, and peace, that there's just something that they're missing in their lives that they feel and they want more of it. And, and I pray, Lord that they would be, feel welcomed here, that they would feel at home, a drawing, come Lord Jesus, be blessed, it's in the name of Jesus we pray, Amen.
0: Jackie, if you can come here for a second, Aaron Granados is in the house,
2: he is in the house,
0: come on up here Aaron, you're part of Jackie's ministry. So I'm going to ask you to <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you to pray over Jackie tomorrow cuz you know what I know the enemy and he would love to take out our leadership for tomorrow and for Sunday. So Aaron, would you just pray a blessing over Jackie? I know she's prepared. She has worked so hard. Would just pray a blessing over her for tomorrow.
4: Tomorrow, I pray that you are over everything tomorrow, and that you are over Jackie. That you continue to prepare her, that you keep her prepared through everything that happens tomorrow, and that whatever difficulties may arise, that you will be there. You are with Jackie. We know that you are with her, that you are blessing her. I just pray that you will continue to be with her, and that tomorrow will go smoothly. And flow great, and you can do great things through Jackie to the people of
2: this
0: community. Lord, we just pray over our facilities here, our building, and our property tomorrow. Lord, would you place an angel at every entrance? Lord, would you would you put an angel at every corner of our property, that the enemy would not be allowed to do anything on this property tomorrow. Lord, we pray that we would see things ahead of time. We've, we've tried our best to map things out, come up with a plan, and uh, we'll share all that tomorrow. But Lord, if, if we need to take extra steps, if there's something that we're missing, that you would bring it to our mind. Lord, as we're parking cars, that all that would go smoothly. Uh, Lord, we want our kids and our people and our community to be safe, our workers to be safe tomorrow. But Lord, the enemy has no place here tomorrow that this place would be reserved for the work of the King. And that, Lord, there would be such a harmony tomorrow. There would be such a love in this place. Um, Lord, as we deal with, with people, people can be difficult, that, Lord, we would have right attitudes, that your Holy Spirit would guide us. If there are situations we need to defuse and to lead in, we would step up to the plate and do that. We would work together as a team like never before in unity tomorrow. And God, I believe great things are on the horizon for Rippon, for Hillside, for our other churches in our community. Lord, as we get ready to leave here tonight, Lord, we lift up our other churches and pastors. May your Holy Spirit cut loose in their life. As they go to their pulpits on Sunday morning, I pray that the power of of the Holy Spirit would fill them, would anoint them, they would preach with power and conviction. Lord, if we have pastors in our community that have sin in their life or live in a sinful lifestyle, that God, they would repent, that they would be broken and they would be restored in the name of Jesus congregations that are not preaching your word would begin to preach the word of God. That Lord salvations would begin to happen in churches that have never even heard about salvation. Miracles would begin to happen. It doesn't have to happen under this roof. We're asking you to do miracles in our city that you would use the body of Christ no matter what denomination no matter what building no matter what piece of property to preach the gospel and to cut loose the Holy Spirit in our community God I believe great things are on the horizon Lord we might be living Friday we might be living through Saturday but Sunday is on the horizon and Sunday is coming can we just say amen together tonight we're going to do one more worship song and then uh, Adrian is going to release you uh, tomorrow, if you're coming to work, uh, the Easter egg hunt, Pastor Josh at the Baptist Church has been so kind. He has said if our people want to park over there, uh, I know that's a little bit of a walk, but if we want to park over there, that would free up all of our parking here for visitors tomorrow. And listen, I don't know who will come tomorrow. 20 kids show up, we're going to love on kids and they're going home with more candy than they've ever seen in their life. <laughs> all right? Um, 200 kids, 2,000 kids show up. It doesn't matter. We're going to love on them. We're going to love on the parents. Okay? We've done all that we can do. We've cast our nets the best we've known how. And so now we'll trust Jesus to bring in the fish. Amen? Amen. Let's worship one more time.
3: Every breath I breathe, author of all eternity, giver of every perfect
2: thing, to you be the glory, maker of heaven and of earth, no one can comprehend your worth. king over all 'Cause I'm alive in You, and it's all because of Jesus. I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me and raises dead man's life. All because of Jesus, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. The glory, and I'm alive because I'm. Alive. sings your grace the universe cries out your praise I'm singing freedom all my days now, now that, that I'm, alive. I'm alive and it's all because of Jesus I'm alive it's all because the blood of Jesus Christ Sing that again, it's all because of Jesus. And it's, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me and raised this dead man's life. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive
1: Sunday is coming Woo! Have a great night